It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast episode. It is awesome as it always is to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last time we explored how Yarn Root follows the trends with his morale patches, a very fast to market product where it's essential to control your own production. And also where a strong brand identity has been vital to growth. So if you want to know more about any of that, then take a listen to that one. Um, Or join the chat in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook with your thoughts. But don't do that yet because you want to listen to this episode first. And this time we're looking into a very different type of e-commerce. Now, regular listeners will know I like to bring you an alternative type of e-commerce every now and then. We've uh, we've explored SaaS, we've done marketplaces, we've done travel. And this episode, we're going to dive into the world of selling software online. Now, I'm going to introduce you to our special guest very shortly. He is Mark Morris, the Managing Director of Introversion Software, a highly respected independent games developer and publisher. Since launching in 2001, they bought five critically acclaimed video games to market, including the BAFTA, yes, BAFTA, American listeners, that's the equivalent of the Oscars, um, award-winning Prison Architect, which has sold over two million copies to date. Hi, Mark. Hello, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm doing very well indeed. Very well indeed. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Um, I've just given our listeners a super quick overview of you and your business and where you are at the moment. But how how did you get started off in e-commerce? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think we're we're probably going to be one of the earliest people to have gotten into into e-commerce. When I was at university back in 2001, uh, there was a new business competition where basically if you wrote a, a business plan, you could win £10,000. Now, I had absolutely no interest in starting a business, but I did have an interest in trying to win (laughs) £10,000. Well, not quite £10,000. Now, one of my friends that I live with in halls Mm -hmm. had spent four years, well, not four years, two years, uh, writing a video game. So he had a game and another friend of mine wanted to be an entrepreneur and had studied all of the business modules. And he was an electrical engineer, but he'd done the those mm. kind of things, you know, accounting and all the rest of it. And I said, fellas, let's write a business plan, taking this game uplink, uh, bringing it to the market. We'll submit that to the competition and we'll win, you know, £10,000, £3,000 each. And, nice. you know, we can have a beer, pay off this part of the student loan and go our separate ways. Right, Omar, they say that sounds, like a, that sounds like a brilliant idea. So where we are in 2001 time rise was was pretty early on mm. in, in in the internet and it was there were e-commerce solutions we used one called worldpay which still still exists you yeah. probably know them well um, and they I think they must have been the first world war, you know, it was not a regular thing that people were um, were buying things off the internet in those days. Amazon was around because I can remember buying books from, from Amazon, but yeah, it was I think wasn't... you could only buy books on Amazon. Yeah, then. yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. It was books, and Google bookshop. had only been around for like two or three years. Yeah, probably, or even, yeah, like they hadn't been known because mm. I can remember, I can remember when I was at uni searching via Yahoo and Excite and all these other things, yeah. you know, and then, you know, having to search through multiple search engines. And, so Uplink was a, a game all about computer hacking. So we were confident that the audience for Uplink 
would be au fait with buying things on the internet. You know, whereas mm -hmm. your mum in those days would never <laughs> dream of buying anything on the internet. You know, there was no no online shopping. There was none of that. You know, it was it was kind of like the dark net is now, I guess, a sort of little niche niche mm. thing. And um, so our business plan was to burn CDs of our game, uh, print out the uh, the labels for the CDs and the jackets yeah. for the jewel cake, you know, on a, on a little mm -hmm. bubble jet printer, uh, take orders via uh, WorldPay and stick these in boxes or envelopes and, and send them out to people around the world. Our marketing strategy was about three posts in a couple of online sort of hacking forums and mm -hmm. Linux forums about the game. And we sold, we sent the game off in a, in a brown manila envelope, or brown envelope to PC Gamer, uh, Linux format, and a, a couple of other magazines. And so, some pretty of, basic marketing then. Oh, it couldn't but have been. very targeted. <laughs> I mean, now that, you know, now people talk about guerrilla marketing, you know, that was, that was guerrilla. We didn't even know we were being guerrillas, you know. <laughs> And so we did this and um, we were getting a few orders, you know, we were getting about sort of 20 a day, 30 a day. So you, you actually launched it. It wasn't just the business yeah, yeah, plan, no, it was did. fully yeah. concepted. Well, well, we, we, we wrote the business plan and they looked at us and just laughed, right? And we're like, clear off, we're looking for Dyson. So um, we were like, oh, all right then. But we've got this business plan that only required us to invest about £200 each. You know, we needed yeah. about £600 to set up the website and wire in WellPay and, uh, you know, and buy some blank CDs, you know. Um, and then just, you know, the, the revenue that we'd be getting from selling the games online would, uh, would turn, you know, enable us to produce more, basically. And uh, so that's exactly what we did. And, and we hit our production limit very quickly. You know, I thought oh, wow. that we'd probably be able to do 100 a day, you know, mm. but it turns out bubble jet printers can do about 20 a day. <laughs> and Because uh, we just kept running out of ink and all, all sorts of things. Mm. Um, and so, so we were sort of, it was really just a bit of a hobby, really, see if we can make some money. And I remember coming back, went on a skiing trip with uh, with Tom, the, the business guy, and came back from him. And the Linux format, I think it was Linux format, their um, review was out. So I went straight into WH Smith or whoever it was at, at Gatwick, picked up this magazine, quickly went through to it and found the, the game review. And we'd got, I think it was 60%, something like that. Ooh. And I just thought, that's it, done. That's the end of us. You know, mm. we, we needed to get high 80s yeah. for us to have any chance because we're completely obscure nobody knows who we are linux format is our absolute target market you know the people mm -hmm. that buy a, a game devoted to an operating system are the ones who are going to buy linux and if they're not set on fire by this game we're you know we're, we're done yeah so it's sort of given up really and a couple of days later pc gamer uh wrote their review on it. Now, we've got quarter of a page in PC, or half of a page, so mm. a quarter of a two-page spread in PC Gamer. And they gave us 85% for, oh, wow. uh, for Uplink. And suddenly, PC Gamer were probably the only publication in the world who were big enough to give us the, the confidence following on from that Linux format. Yeah, yeah. Thing. They had the much but bigger actually, distribution, didn't they? Exactly. Well, and they were it was going out to gamers, you know. Mm. And so it's like, okay, so we, we didn't quite get the Linux guys, the sysadmins, but we have got the gamers. You know, they loved it. And um, and that was it. You know, orders, orders started spiking. We got enough to do a pr professional production run, so we didn't need to mm. run around the place with, with blue ink all over our, <laughs> our fingers the whole time. Everything was blue. And, and, and nowadays, people come up to us at the show and things with these original jewel case copies wow. of Uplink and um, you know we, we tagged all of them there's our, our initials so you can tell which director 
produce these. Really? And, yeah, 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 yeah. If you know where to look, and and I didn't produce many of them, and the other guys did. So mine are, are sort of the rarest copies of artwork <laughs> out there. So so that was it. So that was that was how we got started in in the world of of e-commerce, really. And I'm guessing from some of the names you said there that it's it's the same the three of you who then went on to found Introversion. Well, that was that was Introversion, yes, exactly. Yeah. In in, the, in those days, as a partnership. So and so then- whereas many, you know, kind of the. Back then, the traditional games model market was boxes in WH Smiths, pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. So for you guys, when you when you actually went fully into business, I'm guessing the e-commerce side of things was a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, well, absolutely. It was that we, I mean, there, there, it wasn't even that bad. There wasn't, there wasn't any digital distribution either. So mm. we couldn't, you know, nowadays people think, why are you printing CDs? Well, it just wasn't the done thing. There was no technology platform in place to enable you to to download the game and we were terrified as well about piracy um, because uplink was a very small game so we padded the game out with loads of guitar sounds and things <laughs> not that you would know what the file was but we just made it so big that it would take over an hour or something to upload on a 56k modem um which we thought would, that was our counter piracy strategy back in those wow. days but yeah so off off the back of so we were always doing those shipping those boxes and we we're shipping those worldwide and you know I'm getting a real flood of nostalgia because I can remember printing out the labels to everywhere in the world, you know, and it's an amazing mm. feeling. You're shipping these games off to Newfoundland and Australia and, you know, all these, you, you're realizing you're reaching every corner of the world. Um, but but soon afterwards, the next step for us was uh, to try and get in the shop. So we found a distributor. Um, we got it into HMV, but that was it. Game wouldn't take us. None of the other shops would take it. Um, we didn't really know what we were doing with retail in those days. And to be honest, um, I'm not allowed to swear, so I can't really talk about what I think of retailer retailers <laughs> as, as a business model and how they operate. Um, so most, we have, we've done a bit of retail stuff, but mm. our business really has been uh, online. You know, it's been e-commerce from the start. Without e-commerce, there wouldn't be an introversion. So let's, let's kind of fill in the blanks about where the business is right now. So you're, by your accent, I'm guessing our, our uh, listeners have already guessed you're in the UK. You're in, in London, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, we don't have an office. Uh, we tried one for a few years, but uh, it just didn't really work for us. And we sort of gravitated away from London slightly. We all went to university um, in South Kensington, but now I live in sort of southeast London. The other three directors live, well, one of them's in Cambridge, just sort of spread around. And we come together mm. about once a month to uh, for the board meeting to sort of look at the strategy and review where we are. And then the rest of what we do in terms of uh, game development and the publishing function is, is just all done online now with Google Docs and Skype and, and all of these other services. Cool. And you're selling globally still, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, the big change, which would be interesting potentially from an e-commerce point of view, is there's a platform called Steam. And you can think of Steam as Microsoft or Sony for PC and Mac gaming. They, they basically sell... Uh, 99% probably of of games in the world of PC games. Wow. Uh, so so what we do is we distribute through them and they sell into, I don't know how many countries they're into now, like 100 countries or, or whatever it is, expanding all the time. And then we also maintain our own route to market directly through our through our website. And that's uh, it's global as well. So we, we shut down our physical distribution um, 
uh, side of the business, which sounds very grandiose, but it ended up being my dad just stamp licking every day. Um, <laughs> we shut that down in, in January of this year. So that oh, wow. was so you've, whatever, you've whatever it was. literally gone years. full digital in the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we just, um, no one's buying them now. There's a few sort of super hardcore fans that will, um, that will want a kind of special edition of a game, but by far the majority of people just want it online now and the logistics of servicing physical boxes is is quite yeah. expensive you know and, and time consuming and also just waste when it's very difficult to predict how many units you need to buy and all of those other things so for us we just looked at the numbers and thought you know what it's it's we're probably down to shipping out one or two units a week something like that mm. so um it's at the point where you just go i we can't continue to commit to this so mm. uh but there might be like a special edition with a special box. Yeah, exactly. Limited in a couple of months' time or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so we did that with um, with Prison Architect. Rather than the idea being is that you you always got the option of buying a box as a bit of an incentive, and, and production costs have, have come way down now. I mean, back when we started off, we had to do three thousand of uplink. Um, that was the minimum order size that anybody would would do, and I think I can't remember what they were charging per. Um, per disc but might be two or three pounds something mm. like that um for such a such a low order uh whereas now you can get small run production runs done at whatever 50p a disc you know so it's the the economies of scale have have faded away to the point that you can do small low level production runs and, and ship them out as a kind of one-off um but whether we'll do that again, I don't know. It's a lot of it's still a lot of effort. Yeah, it's a lot of design, a lot of production, a lot of a lot of organisation. So whilst we're whilst we're on pricing, or kind of cost, I suppose, what's the average selling price for one of your games? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, average is um, a bad. Uh, I'm not going to give you the average because it okay. wouldn't make sense. But the um, Prison Architect, which is uh, our biggest selling game and our latest game, five years old, that's $30. Uh, America makes up most of the audience, which is why I talk in dollars, but obviously it's all localized into whatever that is, 20 pounds or mm -hmm. something. Um, and the other games in the back catalog are $10 each uh, prior to Prison Architect. The last game we did was Multiwinia, which I think was 2010. So it's kind of seven years old now. Yeah. Um, now the games still sell. You know, it's um, the, the, the principle of the long tail absolutely holds uh, in our industry. It's not the case that because a game is old, people don't want to play it anymore. They, they absolutely do. But you can't command sort of premium prices for yeah. them. So we charge $10 for... Uh, each of those back catalogue games and then we've got a complete pack uh, well a complete pack of those four for 20 so the idea is you give us another 10 and you'll get three more games so it's better yeah, value for money yeah <laughs> and then, um, yeah and then there's a, a bundle including prison architect but you know i can't for the life of me remember how much we we charge for that <laughs> but we're what we're saying here is we're not talking about candy crush this is not an app-based mobile thing this is those proper PC games that are highly addictive, that um, PC, Xbox, etc., that, that we're all quite familiar with with seeing as we go into game or into HMV or into yeah, any other well, space. Exactly that. And, and Prison Architect, um, we started off on PC, but now it is available on, on Xbox One and PS4. And if you go into game, you'll see Prison Architect if, if game have put it on the shelves. Okay. And um, I just wanted to go back to those platforms you're selling on. So you mentioned Stream, which is... Steam. 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 I've yep, written Steam. Steam as well, and I just decided okay. to, to read it out wrong. Call it Stream, yeah. <laughs> so Steam, which is 
I'm guessing kind of like a marketplace, like an Amazon or an eBay, but specifically for games, would that be right? Not eBay, um, more Amazon, but more like think about the App Store. That's what's gonna gonna make you uh, understand. Okay, got you. Right? Okay. So so Apple own the App Store, right? And uh, if you want to ship something on iPad, then you put it on the App Store. Apple merchandise some of their product uh, or some of the product on on there, and then you download it. Apple handle all of the transactions, and then they pay the developer or the publisher on the on the back end of that. So it, it's it's that model, but for um, big PC gaming. Nice. And uh, and then you have your own platform that you sell direct on. Is that something you've built yourself or is that yes, something you Yes, absolutely. You've... Well, well, going back, we had a bit of a legacy issue. So um, when we started off, we were just using WellPay. Uh, then we migrated. Um, this is an e-commerce audience, so they might be interested. No one else is. But um, <laughs> we, we migrated to um, something called OsCommerce, which is uh, an open source yeah. uh, store. So we used OsCommerce for... Um, a, a good while, but I it, I got increasingly concerned about OsCommerce. Not that I want to be deflammatory, but just we had done a lot of customization. This is the best way of explaining it. And I was no longer confident that the customization that we had put into OsCommerce was leaving that platform intact. So it was yeah, very so- difficult you know, it, it yeah. didn't really support um, analytics properly, so we couldn't track any customer flows through it. I was was never particularly confident that it was even completing every transaction that that got started. So, um, and we wanted to move away from, even though we're a, the directors are three out of the four of us are computer scientists, I don't want to spend my time coding and managing the website. So I was looking for a very, very lightweight solution where basically somebody else would provide all of the cart management payment systems, all the rest of it. Which, and, and, and let's just point out that in your industry, that cart payment system is even more complex than it is in normal e-commerce because it it's actually responsible for delivering electronically the product right there and that's there. right that's the other thing you know that that we needed to do delivery on the on the back end of that uh so you know delivering delivering the the files and um it took me a while to find send it wasn't called send in in those days so i might call it digital delivery app or dda if we, if we talk about it but it's called send now and basically As in send owl like the the hooting (laughs) yeah hooting uh, hooting owl and and basically that it most of the other solutions that i found were sort of shops you know full shop fronts with merchandising and you know shopify you can customize your shop however you Mm. like but i didn't want a shop you know i wanted one click buy option and and that's what um what Sendow provides, uh, you know, working on mobile and all the rest of it. And it was just brilliant. It was just exactly the solution that, uh, that we required. Um, quite a small firm, but pretty responsive to, to our needs. And they've uh, added a lot of functionality in as, as we've gone along. So I don't need to worry now about, um, you know, PayPal or, or Stripe or um, pouring email addresses into uh, an email uh, system we use Mailchimp and Mailchimp connects directly with um, with Sendow. You know they do all this stuff. Um, they do walk, watermarking on the back end. I mean lo- loads and loads of stuff. Yeah. But if you're interested in um, selling, well, software and we sell video games, but any kind of software really, then then Sendow is is a really good um, really good platform for that. I'm, I have to say I'm a massive fan of going and finding a platform that does what you want it to do and not trying to reinvent the wheel. And uh, it sounds sounds like you've you found your existing wheel, I suppose. Yeah, to- yeah. I mean, we partly 
partly, yeah, I mean, well, partly the problem with introversion is, is the wheels are always the wrong shape for us, <laughs> you know, like nothing ever quite does what we want it to do perfectly. And we've, I think a, a big part of our success actually has been not accepting that, you know, if we want to do something from a business perspective, then making the technology work to, to deliver exactly what it is that we want we want that technology to um, to provide. Now, over time, we've we have found that we've made mistakes in in that in that we've we've added in some functionality that ultimately didn't wasn't really necessary. So we've kind of learned. But I still look for solutions that are either uh, very lightweight in terms of they just do one thing, but they do that one thing incredibly well, mm-hmm. or solutions where we can tinker with it if we need to because yeah. i think for our business um actually reinventing the wheel is what is what has kept us being um successful and probably inevitable when you've got three computer uh, scientists on board. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe so mark we've done a lot of kind of box ticking the basics of of the business model there you know just to really help everybody get up to speed but what what would you say right now is the most awesome thing about introversion software well, well that's such a hard question i i think it's <laughs> it's it, right now we're working on our next game um that's gonna come out at some point in the next near future and we're wrestling with that at the moment exactly when to when to release it and to me Whenever we release a game, there is an audience. Steam have an audience of about 100 million. So there's a potential audience of 100 million gamers out there. And when we release a game, we have the potential to sell to every one of those. You know, now that's not going to happen. Of course, it's not going to happen. We're not going to be Minecraft. Well, but the, probably not the, in week one, but maybe no, maybe by no, year three. Uh, <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt it. I mean, Prison Architect is probably a good market cap for us, but two million um, units is, is just incredible. And so the, the, the most amazing thing, the most exciting thing is we're right on the cusp of releasing a new game that might bring entertainment to millions of people and i find that amazing you know the 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 world at the moment is a world without scanner somber that's our next game and in in the not too distant future it will be out there and it will either fizzle away into nothing because that happens sometimes or uh, and we've you know i don't want to sound arrogant but every one of our games we we take a lot of pride and care over our games and and every one that we've made is, is slightly different um and i have people that come up to me at conferences talking about each of the games we've made and telling me that's the best game they've ever played so even our least popular game Mm -hmm. i've had someone come out and say that's the best game i've ever played and to me being able to be that important in someone else's life that you are the best video game they've ever played is um is awesome well let's hope that happens for the next one too and uh, and yeah, do do let, let me know when it's out, and we'll make sure we uh, we shout about it and let everybody know. I appreciate that, Chloe. Yeah, I will do. Um, and, and I will try not to download it. Uh, for those of you listening, um, just you know, before Mark and I were talking about a few things before we started recording, and I was saying that Prison Architect is the type of game I have to ban myself from downloading, or or nothing would happen in my life, um, which is high praise, really, or a backhanded compliment, one or the other. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's probably worth explaining for people that are scratching their head. Um, yeah, yeah, Prison that's a, a good idea. A, yeah, yeah, it's it's a um, a simulation of a, a prison. So you start off with a completely empty plot of land and a, a bus full of prisoners heading your way 
and you need to build a, a holding cell to keep the prisoners in. Um, a holding cell has to have a, a toilet in it, which doesn't have to, but if you don't put a toilet in it, then things will start getting messy <laughs> fairly quickly. You'll need a perimeter fence. You'll need some guards to stop the prisoners from escaping. And the game develops from there. So you're going to need to build a block of cells for that, that first lot to sort of move into. You're going to want uh, a shower in there. You're going to need a canteen got a canteen need a kitchen kitchen need uh, chefs and we spent a lot of time with prison architect it's in development for about five or six years actually um just refining and, and deepening this this model to a incredible level of depth where every single prisoner that comes into into the the prison has a reason for being there he has his own personality so somebody that's committed a violent crime might be violent inside or someone that's committed a violent crime might it might have been a one-off crime of passion and they're they're, they're perfectly fine so there's, there's a huge amount of um of depth into this and so if you've got any interest in in building your own prison and seeing what sort of a, a warden you'd be whether you'd be a, a sort of crazy uh, disciplinarian that locks everybody down into solitary confinement for 23 hours a day or, or whether you think you'd be a more sort of Nordic open prison kind of a person, then, you know, Prison Architect gives you the ability to explore that aspect of you. So it's, um, I, I, don't, I don't like boasting about it too much, but it, it did win a BAFTA and it's got two million players. So it's brilliant. <laughs> and if it sounds interesting to you, you won't get, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, I'm clearly on the path to owning a copy. Uh, right. And on that note, I think it's time we went for the top tips round. Okay. Right. I love this section because it gives both me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Mark, are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. Okay. The book top tip first up then. If everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off, not play Prison Architect and read a book to, to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Yeah, I've been thinking hard about this question because I've read very, very few books about business yeah. um, because of what we were talking about before, mm -hmm. about passing on knowledge. You know, I think often I like to try and reason about it from first principles and figure out what the next step should be. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that if you're always looking at someone else's next step. Yep. But the, the and it's not really a, a book, I'm sure there are books, but the thing that... Um, has really had a biggest impact on me. And I'm, I'm a manager that believes that the, the team are the most important things in your business. That's, that's what I believe, the most important asset. And the thing that has helped me most with managing and leading a team is the um, Myers-Briggs uh, personality indicator that helps to um, explain why different character types might have problems communicating. And when you say one thing, that person sat opposite you might hear something completely different. And, um, and, and Myers-Briggs, there are other personality indicators, but Myers-Briggs is the one that I've sort of looked in over the years. So um, maybe not a book, but if you don't know anything about personality indicators and, and, and Myers-Briggs, type that into Google and that's what I would spend a Friday afternoon doing if someone's got no idea about that. It'll blow your mind. Excellent. I, you are the first person to ever recommend personality profiling and that has been a long, long, long overdue recommendation. There so, we go. So that's definitely allowed. Do I win a prize? A tip. Um, I would say I'd send you one of my books, but I'm not sure you'd want one of my books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll come up with something. Um, okay, traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? For us, um, there's only really one that we've found to be cost-effective, uh, and that is YouTube. Um, not YouTube ads, but the YouTube streamers who are now got millions of 
uh, of subscribers uh, who can be paid to uh, play games and review them effectively. Uh, as now, in the um, kind of like the, the, the guys who just sit there playing computer games and talking you it. through it. Wow. That's it, exactly, exactly. Now, those guys um, can double my, well, no, they can do more than that. They can probably quadruple my, my sale. No, it's even more than that. They can, they can an order of magnitude, they can, they can increase sales per day tenfold when you get one of those to, um, to, wow. to cover you. That's the, um, that's the, the sort of scale of it. Now, it's a little bit dubious in our industry, a little bit, because there are some um, YouTubers who have not been in the past particularly open about whether or not they've been paid to mm -hmm. talk about a game. So they build an audience of people by just playing games and reviewing them online. And then there's this switch to being paid to do it. And, and some of them haven't made that payment clear. And that's been a sort of breach of trust. But the ones we use always say this is a, a sponsored um, sponsored play free by introversion software because we want everyone to be on the same page and know that we've yeah. paid for it. Um, we, I don't like to pay for opinions. I just like the guys to play it, right? So just play for it. If you don't like it, tell everyone you don't like it. I don't really mind, you know. Yeah. Just and, but, but um, please play it. <laughs> but please play it. Yeah, yeah, put it in front of that. And it's just mad. I mean, thinking back to the old days of the biggest audience that I possibly could have dreamt of um, in the early 2000s is probably going on something like BBC Breakfast, you know, and, and mm -hmm. talking about introversion. And I would have got however many million, most of whom would not have been watching the TV at the time, you know, wouldn't have been able to click directly through to me and wouldn't have been my core audience of, yeah. of gamers. And what YouTube has done incredibly successfully is um, being able to produce similar sizes millions of people watch these videos and they're the core audience and they're one click away it's it is phenomenal it is phenomenal yeah absolutely and everything else that we've done um we've we've never made any measurable money off of any ad spend other than youtube Whew. okay the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day yeah probably the, the way of working on this um i don't believe in offices i got an email the other day from a kid asking me for work experience i wrote back and said sorry can't really help you out because we don't have an office he said i'm really sorry to hear that let me know when you when you're big enough and you can afford an office <laughs> And I felt, even though he was a kid, oh, I felt bless. like I need to write back to him and say, no, 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 we had one, we don't want one. Uh, I think uh, nowadays, um, I think you really need to question. For, for us, the benefit is that uh, we can plug talent in from around the world and frequently do. So if there's an artist in the Philippines, the prison architect artist came from the Philippines, that wasn't random. Um, the uh, guy that did level design for us for um, Scanner Sombra, our next game, uh, is an Australian, but he was working in the States. We can plug them in just seamlessly into our workflow. And they are a, 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 as much a employee of introversion as anyone else. So there's no sort of, oh, I didn't get the memo about that because we were talking about it in an office. It's all, all done online. Um, no commute, so better for the environment, et cetera, you, et cetera. You mentioned earlier that you use Google Docs a lot to do that. Are those the, like one or two key tools you use for comms with your remote yeah, team? Yeah, so Skype, you know, Skype, despite everybody complaining about it, actually I do find it pretty reliable. So we've got several Skype chats on the go uh, all the time. Um, and then, yeah, Google Docs, Google Calendar, uh, Amazon Web Services, slightly different, but that runs all of our uh, online infrastructure now. We've mm -hmm. completely gone away from um, any kind of uh, physical hosting. Uh, trying to think of, of 
what I use on the day to day. Um, no task I, management tool or anything. No, 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 no. Oh. All of our project management, we're very, we're quite lightweight. So we just use, we use a lot of Google Sheets mm-hmm. for it. Um, don't really buy into um, project management Gantt charts and, and things like that. <laughs> don't really think they, they, I don't think they suit software engineering very well and i certainly don't think they suit video game design very well i think creative um businesses are, are, are very tricky not very to, linear yeah no very tricky to figure out how long things are going to take you know and it's not really a list of tasks that you that you go through you know bug tracking it's all pros and cons right you know we you can use a big heavyweight bug tracking system which we have done in the past and you get to a point where it takes three minutes to log a bug or you can use a Google Sheet, which takes 20 seconds to log a bug. Now, it might be a bit harder to um, get some of the information out. Like, I can't easily interrogate a system and say, how many bugs has this particular employee yeah. fixed? But we're only about 10 people. There's only about six programmers. So I, I don't need to be able to find out what mm. you know drone 1719 has been up to. I mean, other stuff that yeah. we use, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of these software as a services have, have, have grown up as we've grown up. So now um, MailChimp we use to uh, handle all of our uh, mail, uh, mail outs and things. Google Analytics, obviously, we use that a lot, not just for website tracking, but um, we pour other data into Google Analytics because it's very useful visualization. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Desk as our customer relations platform. You know, it's nuts. We used to just have an email support it, <laughs> introversion. You know, that was it. And uh, and and now you've got all this. You know, you feel like a call center when you look at um, look through mm-hmm. desks. So Sendow, obviously, you know, from an e-commerce point of view, I, I can't recommend Sendow highly enough for our needs. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's few a, a few tools. Cool. Yeah, not no no one. I don't think there's one killer app that I sort of log into every day and sigh with happiness <laughs> you know how productive it's making me okay cool then uh, the last top tip the startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first piece of advice for them oh, i hate these questions i hate these questions what what <laughs> what what one piece of advice would you give it it would depend on what they are planning on doing you know i i guess i guess i'd i'd be very interested to know how they were planning on driving traffic and and converting it you know and making sure they had a good understanding of that funnel and where they thought they were going to pick up those customers from because n- nowadays the it's it's so easy to pour money into youtube or facebook facebook's brilliant at extracting money from people oh, when you excellent you know, isn't it <laughs> you, it's so much fun you know and you just like and how you measure the value of of that money is um i think a a key problem that we've never really been able to solve you know it's very difficult for us to ascertain how much a like on our facebook page is actually worth Hmm. you know and in part that's because our business is creative and all of our games are slightly different so um we're not reselling i don't know male grooming products or something so we can just keep not the repeat purchase is there yeah exactly so and for us a, a repeat purchase might occur three years later you know rather than um because that's when the next product is out so it's, it's it's a bit a bit tricky for us but i guess my my advice would be to to make sure they had a good understanding of of 
acquisition and conversion and what their plan was. And I would look at that and say, and laugh and say, that's ridiculous, you know, or <laughs> it's going to cost you twice say, as much. And you're yeah, going exactly. to get half the traffic. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not going to convert it. And, um, I, I think the other thing uh, is one of the reasons why I moved away from, uh, some of the old shops and things were because add to basket, you know, look at the basket. Is you sure this is what you want? Now type in your billing address. Now, would you mind logging in, you know, and registering an account with me? And there's still a lot of slightly older sites that are forcing you to jump through all these hoops. And I think that when Amazon introduced their uh, buy now button, you know, one click button to buy was a, was a real revolution to me. Because in those days of e-commerce, you had to get like the CVC number off the credit card and you didn't want to store it and all these other things, you know, were going in the way. And, and Amazon just brushed all that aside and said, no, no, we're going to give you one click to order. And now there's a little device hanging up in my kitchen, a little barcode scanner that my wife acquired. And she tells me that if I scan any barcode in the house, it'll turn up the next day from, from Amazon, you know, so it's getting even <laughs> easier to buy from them. And I, and I think that's, that's the sort of second core principle for me for e-commerce, you know, make it as easy as possible for someone to hit that buy button, you know, collect oh. their shipping details afterwards. Oh, you know? so true. Now, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Mark, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your amazing games on the web and social media? Absolutely. So we're at www.introversion.go.uk uh, or you can Google for Prison Architects, you'll find us. Um, Facebook forward slash IV software. Um, yeah, come and check it out. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure there's links to all of that and everything else we talked about, which of which there's been plenty in today's show. They'll all be in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use that search box. Mark, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today and sharing something of an insight into the world of, uh, of selling software online. It's been brilliant. Cheers, Chloe. It's been a lot of fun and hopefully some, some of your listeners will find something that I said useful. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt that they will. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> wow. What a clever guy. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm quite jealous about that business model. Uh, I have no ability to to design a game or even to code one. But um, but wow, how cool. Um, and lots of things, I think, which, you know, despite it being a very different model that we can all take from that, you know, about finding the right platform to be selling on, about finding those key marketing routes. You know, they're using those YouTube streamers. There are there are key routes that all of us can take to gain those, to get ourselves in front of the right customers and to make sure they convert. So uh, I hope you've all got plenty from that. I would love to know what you think. Uh, so please do head over to the Facebook group. Uh, and join in the discussion. Tell me what you think of this episode. Uh, if you want more alternative versions of e-commerce or if you want more of the normal, um, that's the Facebook group you can find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook or head over to Facebook and Google, oh, not Google, you can't Google on Facebook and search on Facebook for e-commerce masterplan world. Now, last year we published my brand new book, Customer Persuasion. And right now you can get the first two chapters totally for free at customerpersuasion.co.uk. So head over there and get started on uh, on accelerating your marketing activity and your customer growth today. And if you want a full copy, of course, I have no problem with doing that. You can get more than just the two chapters, but there's details on the website of where to go and uh, and get those sales. Get, oh, sorry, and buy 
let me get those sales and you can go and buy copies of the book. Well, make sure you come back next week to hear our next interview. And for now, have a great week and keep optimizing. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.